This week on the Push Ball Legs podcast, we talk about our time in football. Some fun little stories from there and what you can learn from all or nothing. Also, there's a lot of stupid things on the internet this week, aren't there? Three, two, one, and we're live! <laughs> That's, that's really pissed someone off, hasn't it? Yeah. That that is. <laughs> Someone's turned us off straight away because of that. I wouldn't blame you if that was you, honestly. Never mind. You don't, you don't want to do the normal intro, Dan? No? No, does it, you can't worry about that. I think it's... Uh... Hey, guys. Welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. Uh, and me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Tom was just um, moaning about how the Sky Sports presenters just say, "And we're live." Really it's loud. the it's the lads that does stuff. See, like I don't know, Super Sunday. Never. Why is it always Super Sunday? Even if they, I swear they they say it's Super Sunday, even if they don't have a game. It's just like it's Super Sunday, but you can watch BT because we don't have a game this week. Um, yeah. But even if there's one game, they're like it's Super Sunday. But yeah, the the commentator. If anybody, uh, I, I play a game at home, and uh, we have to shout it with him. Uh, it's quite fun, <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, it'll be like 15, 10 minutes before kickoff. It'll be like going through the lineups, and it'll just be be making normal conversation and mm. just be like chit chatting with whomever's in the the box. With like Gary Neville, would be like, "Oh yeah, Gary, yeah, yeah," and we're live. And then yeah, yeah then he comes back. <laughs> Come back after the break for. Man I don't know why they love it so and much. We're live. Yeah. I, I don't know whether he's made it a thing. Like it's because of him, or he's being told to say it. Well, it but I think I, he's being told to say it, Tom. I think that would be the, the general right. gist. Of but it. it's just, it's quite funny. Um, I enjoy it, so that's why. Well, I said clearly, it. you enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> our listeners don't enjoy it after being absolutely fucking harassed. Their ear holes harassed by you screaming at them. But um, you know, we're all good, maybe. Yeah, we're gonna have. I think we're a bit of a football themed football theme podcast today. Well, we, we're football stupid workouts football themes because and people are like oh i don't like football it's we're gonna relate it to oh, i guess yeah, our right. our former work um if if you care about us you'll stay on um and yeah. obviously we're me and daniel are both watching uh the arsenal also can uh, we just talk about something before we get into that why are people buying microphones to hold on instagram like this why? What's the obsession? Have you seen people doing this now? Like the the, the kind of walking around. Yeah, they mic. don't get the lapel yeah, yeah, mics yeah. anymore for social media. They have actually got a microphone. Them. Looks like they're like interviewing themselves. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I, quite I, like just, them. I, I, I don't like get them. it. They're like no. a new road mic, isn't there? Like, and you feel like uh, you feel like you're a news presenter or you're on like uh, like a broadcaster on reporting don't like or something it. like that. Don't like it. Stop it. I know you are. Um, Stop it. Because Diren does it, doesn't he? No, like, oh, they talked about that dickhead. Oh, I have a rant about him as well. Actually, there we go. Let's have a rant about him. There you go. This annoyed me about Darren. Right, I nearly posted some of my stories, but I thought, no. Do you know what? I won't. I won't bother because I can't be bothered. Um, and I was, I would have tagged him as well. That's the whole thing. I don't, I don't like just saying, oh, I'll him off. I'd rather tag him. Did anyone see his video about Anthony Joshua? Anyone? Yeah, you're not in, or you're not right. Anyway, so basically, he did a video, right? Darren Cartel, right? You know Darren Cartel. You know the guy. Dieran, yeah, him, did a video, <laughs> right, about Anthony Joshua and was basically saying how it's really sad that people are taking the piss out of him, right? Basically, people are taking the piss out of him, what happened after the fight and all this sort of stuff. He put, it's sad to see so many memes and clips about someone that I think is going through a tough time, right? So he shared this video and he's basically like, I think it's really bad that people are taking the piss. I'm shit you not, right? This is the guy who posts videos of other influencers taking the piss out of them. How does he yeah. know that they're not going through a tough time? You know, when you're sat there going, oh, do we live in two no, different what? worlds? Like the double yeah, standards. Yeah. So like part of me is like, look, I, I'm, I'm I'm, all for taking a piss and having a laugh as much as anyone. Like, I'm more that camp than, than just be kind to everyone. Right? I think there's a time. Jokes, right? <laughs> and I made a joke about Auntie Joshua. I think it was related to the office, blah, blah, blah. Right. Now, the thing that really bugs me about this with Darren Cartel is like all the comments were like, oh, well said, Darren, well played, Darren. Yeah, you're right, Darren. And again, all his all his followers are clearly deluded to the fact that he does, he takes the piss out of people and parades them on his Instagram, like their faces and stuff like, I've done it before. I take the piss out of someone and what they've done, but I don't put their face all over my Instagram. I just say that I saw this, I saw that. Yeah. 
he literally screen records their videos and puts their face, you know, there. And then you see the comments, oh, what a stupid bitch, what an idiot, blah, 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 whatever. And he does something similar. And the whole concept of the video that he posted was about how you don't know what he's going for. I think he's going for a tough time. Do you know, like, obviously, you know, he's concussed. That's probably what it was afterwards. It just annoyed me. It really annoyed me because I'm like, nah, you don't get to say that. You don't, you, you don't with how you do things and how you do your content. You don't, even if that's what you think, like you make yourself like a mug to me anyway. And I was like, I don't know how many people caught on to it because all the comments were obviously like licking Diren's ass. And I was so <laughs> close to writing the comments coming from the person who doesn't, you know, I was going to write something like, I assume all the influencers you take the mick out of aren't going through tough things or you, you know, you, you know, they're not going through tough things. You know, you just like, yeah, I don't buy it. I just think it's done for again, clout and cause it's on TV at the moment. And I just think it, annoyed me so i'm just getting off my chest and i'm doing it on the podcast rather than uh rather than on stories i still might do it i still <laughs> might do it i still might should i comment on it should i comment i don't know we could funnily and if we if we if we really wanted to and uh this is how much clout me and dan have we actually know auntie joshua's uh medical and performance team yeah so they're yeah, literally a, a phone call away and we could go is uh, AJ going through something? <laughs> yeah, like, do you know what like, I think, like... We're good friends just... with about three or four of them. Um, but yeah. and, and just all the comments. It's just, for me, it was all the comments. And it was just like, yeah, greed, you know, it was about, you know... And I think, I, I, I didn't watch the whole fucking video, but I think basically he went in and talked about how, you know, a lot of people were saying oh, there's a lot of pressure on him and all this sort of stuff with AJ. And like, maybe he's going through some stuff, whatever. Um, yeah, I just found it a bit... Um, yeah, I just found it a bit like double standards a little bit oh well um, oh well but yeah, yeah. anyway we, we move on I, yeah I sorry know, i just kind of kind of worms and because yeah. uh yeah it seems like instagram and whatever is throwing out there's there's more silly people at the moment working out sillily um which is which is good which is good for me i think i'm gonna do some uh piss take videos as well um funny isn't it funny yeah I'll send one I'll to just, Dan yeah. live. I'm going to send one, <laughs> send one over uh, just so we can mock it, stupid things on the internet. Um, the worst thing is it's actually an advert. So I was like, bloody hell, this, is not, this isn't going well. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, it is uh, interesting. And you sent me one as well. So we'll go through um, the Arsenal. Um, what's it called again? All or nothing. Yeah. All or nothing. It's called me. All yeah. or nothing. If anybody likes sports or any, just like looking behind the scenes, all of the obviously all or nothing started based off uh, the NFL, um, because and also if you like that kind of thing, I don't know if you've watched any of the NFL all or nothings, Daniel. Or I've tried, but I can't. Can't bother me. It's too many names to remember. Too many people to remember. Too many. <laughs> and big teams uh, too big. it started started off with hard knocks as well. So hard knocks mm. is a good. Is like the first one these started doing i quite like watching that but obviously we're a little bit more into it because we know all the players and stuff isn't it so yeah. like for the football and stuff we're like oh this is fun this is all um so be like if it like, like uh, there's one before all or nothing on netflix i, I feel like there was a there was a one hard before that. been going for fucking decades so i'm assuming it's been taken from that so obviously there's been the Man City one, the Sunderland one. Lol, they got relegated. Um, that was it. The... That was it. It's the, it's the Sunderland, isn't it? That was mm. the one that started first. Is that the first one? Might have been. Yeah. Then they've had good good teams post that. Not saying Sunderland. That was it. Good. Sunderland till I die. Yeah, it was Sunderland yeah. because they were the ones that like pioneered the idea. Relatively, um, Sunderland are good at football. Okay. Yeah, they are good at football. <laughs> if I played every day, I'd be that good at football as well. So, yeah, I bloody hope so. Yeah, you would. Fucking hell. <laughs> I liked the. Um, um, did you watch the Last Chance You as well, the basketball one? I watched that. No, I haven't watched that. Not massive. So that's. No. Well, they, they did your American football ones as well. Okay. Just you probably prefer them, but yeah, it's more like the um like high school college kids who, who kind of like are good, but they drop you know their behavior or whatever, or they get involved in shit and they join a community college. It's kind of like their last chance to kind of make it, mm. um, and before they go into college and stuff like that, proper colleges. Um, I like that. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff like that's good. But anyway, it's good. It's good for a reason, though, isn't it, Tom? 
It's good for a reason. It is good for a reason because, uh, yeah, like what we were saying. So the Arsenal one, if anybody doesn't watch it, go watch that. Nothing made, I guess some major stuff happens. So their captain, I mean, spoilers, it was last season, so you should probably know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what's happening. You know what's coming. Like, <laughs> you know what's happened. You just kind of want to know yeah. the behind the scenes of the story that's happened. Yeah. Um, and it's always quite funny, especially in football. Also, you made a rant, um, which literally was so funny because uh, I – ranted to my client like i think the day before and you ranted uh, uh i think it was because of the man U game and people not knowing how to this is just oh, interpreting data don't fuck me like, don't, and it, don't and it really annoyed me on today and somebody i follow um put like it's simple in it and he put sprints up for man U and for liverpool like man U done over 100 sprints and liverpool did 61 i'm like yeah and literally, I was talking exactly the same because this is obviously what we used to preach in sports science. We were just like, it doesn't fucking matter. Purposeful sprints. I want purposeful perturbations is something that we used to uh, look at and whether they're running mindlessly, cool. Yeah. And guess what? If they've got the ball, they tend not to run as much. They don't run. they don't have yeah. to. <laughs> oh, mate. No. So we had we had it once. So I, I was, again, like on stories, I didn't want to like just blast it because fucking people don't care. But... So someone messaged me off the back of it and they were like, oh, um, oh no, that can't be, it can't be right. Like that doesn't always add up. Like that's a significant amount more in terms of running. And I said, okay, let's put it as a ratio then. So the ratio percentage yeah, yeah. was possession was 60, 40. So I said the ratio of running, if you add the 11 kilometers, it was that, um, that Leeds ran more than Chelsea, 11 kilometers as a ratio was 52 to 48%. I said, now, now is it that big of a thing? No. <laughs> and and like, so that was the thing. I was like, we're 60, 40. And I was like, so it's 11 kilometers more, but then you could argue with possession stats. I'm looking at that and going, yeah, but Chelsea had the ball, the actual football for 15 minutes more than Leeds did. So yeah. I was like, so, so they were just shit then with the ball, right? And it comes down to that. And, <laughs> yeah, and we had like, one once, I had one once where we, we, we used to get it, we used, it used to get used at Hull City to either hammer players or to praise them. So if we won yeah. and we run more, oh, great, it's because because we, we ran more. If we won, but we ran less, it's okay, we had the ball, more possession. And it was like, if we if we lost and they, they, we, they'd run more than us, oh, you didn't run enough. Do you know what it was like? You, you fucking idiots, like, you're so stupid. But I'll never forget, <laughs> we had one game, right? We had one game where we, it was really close. I can't remember what was really close. Um, we played someone. And basically what happened was their keeper fucking walked around more than ours like did about five or six k well, and usually keep it about three and it was like yeah, isn't there a uh i swear there is a keeper who did that who kept on doing like just lengths of his penalty box yeah. to purposely yeah, yeah. try and get as high as possible and yeah. he just kept on just running up and down i swear there is a keeper somewhere you that see did him it, doing it just you to, see him just doing to it see if uh, he could get um, highest <laughs> it's, it's it's mad it is mad and like you say the thing that annoys me is it's the commentators and it's the it's the narrative oh they run more they work harder no, they have to work harder because they're shit and they, they don't, don't have, have the, the ball, ball as much. Like it is that straightforward. Like when you look at, and so I've had a few messages with people, they've asked, oh, so what's the sports scientist doing? I was like, well, basically this, like interpreting data so that you can yeah. apply it properly kind of thing. And I said, we used to do the same training and all this sort of stuff. And they use, and I just said, ultimately they use the data as they want, as they see fit. And that's not how science yeah. works. Science is just the data and you, you it's interpret just funny, it correctly. Like, like I used to interpret it of being like, all right, if you're on top of a tennis rally, you get, you get to decide where the ball goes. So that yeah. person has to run after the ball and try and hit it back. And it comes straight to yeah. you. Which one's doing more? Like that mm. person's got the dominance of it. They've got more of the ball. So that person just running up and down, running up and down. Yeah, yeah they're probably gonna they're probably gonna lose because they don't have a dominance over the ball. It's just yeah. possession, and then they're gonna do more sprints. So yeah, then the great, other thing, cool. the other thing that comes into it as well is like some. We used to look at this in terms of we're going deep now, but I don't care. Let's do it. Um, in like <laughs> we used to look at like in opposition half sprints. So you look in the opposition half, how many sprints yeah. they have, and then you start looking at the threshold at which it's required to be called a sprint or required for the the GPS to track it as a certain purposeful movement. And what we actually found was that most goal scoring movements within the box require between naught to five meters a second acceleration. I think it was. And I think a sprint is upwards from eight or something like that. And what we yeah. found was if you think about it logically in the head, goal scoring opportunities happen, a good chunk of them in the box reactive. It's reactive. It's not like you run onto a ball and, and score a goal. A lot of it's reactive. And what you found a lot of the time was that the purposeful sprints that people did were actually well away from the box and all this sort of stuff. And again, it's it's not as easy as going, well, they sprinted more because, no, I want my attackers to be more reactive and move more in the box. But actually the movement that they do, we used to look at analysis clips and the slower the movement, 
the less likely it was the defender would track them. If you move quickly, defender moves with you. If you were like coy about it and you were a bit slower and then you reacted and it was like, you put the clips together with the data and all of a sudden you look at it and go, actually we want more of that. And then you looked at the data and went, well, we can't really track that because it's not really a, a thing. And you're like, okay, now I, and we were starting to get through to people but then the manager goes, yeah, but they sprinted more than us, so we lost. <laughs> well, there's, there's there's two aspects of that because, yeah, we used to do stuff on, uh, I mean, probably more of my work, not more now, but it's certainly something I look at. And it was in one of my emails last week, the week before. I did a, a mock kind of, um, so if, if you come to me as an athlete or you play a sport, um, we do what's called a needs analysis. And for a needs analysis, we do that for put based off position within football, right? And one I would do for a forward, using that example, uh, Dan, and most of your sprints and stuff would be, over a very small amount of distance because when we mm-hmm. use uh we use analysis of change of direction the chances are your change of direction is literally on a pivot axis mm-hmm. and it's only on you basically change of direction happens on the same thing whereas a midfielder or a like a cent, like central midfielder doesn't very often turn on the same spot mm-hmm. as well so they don't have to have as good well i didn't say as good agility and add as good change of direction as a forward would because the chances are they just want to drop and go one way um but it's interesting you say about the not moving thing because straight after i did look up just because i was talking to um my buddy about it and i was just like i bet i can look up a player and i i already knew the stat um that is probably quite successful and i bet he does probably the least amount of sprints in a game and covers the least distance you Mm -hmm. know who that player is and probably the most successful team of all time it is Lionel Messi during all of the Champions Leagues and whatever leaguers he averaged something like six to eight k a game because he only did purposeful sprints and he let the game move around him because he he was like fuck it I, I only have to I have to I let space find me and I don't have to work like a fucking headless chicken. I bet you were someone else who was probably pretty good at that. I bet Rude Van Nistelrooy was fucking low yeah, as well. And, and, you, and... You, exactly with him, if you look at what Rude Van Nistelrooy in the box, did he ever exactly run onto a ball? No, he usually would pivot on an axis. Hence why uh, maybe if I'm training a striker, they do a lot more pivot-based kind of movement, which is very short and sharp instead of like mm-hmm. longer runs and curved runs and all this kind of stuff. So as a winger might or a centre midfielder, shock as science yeah so it's just it's just funny because like say when you look at it and, and like say you do have to break it down by by positions and it, that's what just annoys me is like obviously you know that the the, the data they've got this they're behind the, the the game but the biggest problem that i see more is that this is now coming out in the commentators right but but we know yeah. that eight eight years ago that was the that was what's talked about in the dressing room so you kind of hope that it's progressed since then and i'm sure it has and based on what i've seen i think it has but it, it just it's frightening to to see how dinosaur people are with it and just oh it's just, they run more <laughs> yeah. they just run more than them they so they're more. good. And it's just um, like it's the whole and, and, and correlation yeah, football, the whole and causation. Like, the, ball. Thing, the whole thing in football is keep the ball, keep the ball. Because yeah, yeah. it's a you don't get as tired. Well, I don't get as tired. You don't run around as much. It's pretty simple. Um, if you got the- anyway, we we went off on a tangent there. Didn't we? <laughs> it's all relevant. It's all, sure. it's all relevant. It's all relevant to today though because Fine. we talked about this. Me and Mike talked about this on our YouTube video, which we're going to release in a few weeks' time, but. The reason that I think a lot of coaches can benefit from watching the all or nothing approach to to things with the 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 TV and the behind the scenes stuff is that you instantly leave watching it connected to those people. You do. Um and it's not because they you think they're better footballers. It's not because you think they're better at their job or because they you know they earn more money now. It's because you know them as people. You understand what makes them tick. You get that they are humble you get that they're actually quite nice kids that they're actually not all about money they're not all about the glam um you realize that they're just family people they they on some of them they show their family and they show things like that they show how they interact with the manager and they're the players and you see these daily interactions of their life that makes you view them very very differently and i think you i certainly feel like i would look out more for arsenal scores now than i ever did before for example and i, and I, I support reading so it doesn't you know no premier league kind of like allegiances to anyone but and I felt the same watching the Man City one. I used to think, oh, they're all just prima donnas, a bunch of them. And I watched that one. And I was like, no, actually, they're all, they get it. Like, they understand the team thing. And I think it's really important that as coaches and PTs, you take away that element, especially if you're working online, because I encourage people to look at it and go, on the all or nothing show, they don't sit there and go, so Mick Arteta's training today. This is what he's going to go through. This is what he's working on. This is the tactic he's trying to do. This is the uh, yeah, yeah. thing we're trying to achieve. 
they show you none, none of the training. They show you the interactions and the daily lives of these people that makes them seem more human, which makes you connect with them better, which makes you cheer them on more and all this sort of stuff, right? And if you're an online coach, I beg you, with your stories on Instagram, you should view it as a behind-the-scenes look into your life, what it's like to be a client, what it's like to be involved with whatever you sell. Because I guarantee you for a lot of people, that's what's missing is they're so afraid of like just giving value all the time or just posting about, posting about protein or their training or whatever. People want to know your opinions on things that are going on in the world. They want to know your opinions on topics. They want to know your life. They want to know, I said this to a client earlier today, like whether you live in a house or a flat in London, in Bath, in fucking Dubai, wherever. They want to know shit about you because they can connect with you on a deeper level. It's more likely that when they come to then going, right, I need a coach, they're going to pick one they like. They're not going to pick one that they've never heard of that they don't like um, <laughs> because you want to resonate with someone. You want to go, oh, I've got that in common with them or there's that that's about them that's aspirational or there's that about them that I just like. Um, and that's the one thing I think you can really take from, from those sorts of shows. So I, I encourage you if you're a coach to, and you're slightly interested in football, watch them and see what you can pick up and learn because I guarantee you, you will be more attached to certain players or certain parts of it or certain whatever. And you'll see what we mean. By that i think it's really really important yeah 100 um it is it's it is a good uh it's a great show just on, on showing that aspect as well and you'll probably look through i guess uh some of our feeds probably now and then you realize that i think we do an okay job of like showing behind the scenes and just what you're doing for day to day and then but literally i always make sure it's like one in four to one in five posts i do it's just more just me just like mm. showing like golf. Like for example, I just put, I put real up just, we play golf for fucking a week. So it's just like, yep, cool. That's a little personality post. Like, yeah, I went mm -hmm. and spent time with my sisters, all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't have to be like, yeah, call to action, show this, here's the podcast. Here's your reel. Mm -hmm. Look, I did this exercise today and it's just like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. Here's some pancakes I made. They're shit. Um, yeah people, people, just want, people just want to see that side of you and, that, and they want that those opinions and they want that stuff to come out and, and like I, I said this as well on the YouTube video I said do you really think that Arsenal are going to put themselves through the whole putting everything on camera the camera crew's there all the time if there wasn't a positive marketing element come out of it do you really yeah. think they would let them in like there's a reason United don't let anyone in because that's a fucking shit show right <laughs> <laughs> There's a re and I, and I bet there's other clubs. I bet there's other clubs that the cameras have been in, but they haven't let them release the footage because yeah, it's a shit show. I'm guessing there's probably yeah two or three that the, the cameras like follow around. And I reckon there's like, a reason that there's. Yeah. I reckon there's a reason it's City, Tottenham, and Arsenal. When I look at what's happened there over the last few years, like, yeah, they've yeah. been kind of successful. Um, uh, and maybe the clubs have done their own in in-house one or well or whatever. But like I said, there's a reason that. Do you think clubs like that? Are smart enough to go there's a positive marketing element here so for example the arsenal one they focused a lot on how the fans hate the owners so they yeah. showed a bit of the owners and how actually they're normal people they actually give a shit they actually do care they actually aren't trying to just ruin the club and, and actually a lot of the stuff's out of their hands they showed that part of it and i think it's really important marketing tool that people think about and not not in a sense of like manipulative or anything like that like people people think about marketing themselves as being manipulative and it's not in any way it's literally just you going look this is me like this is what i do um and, and there's a really fine balance to be had it's and, and i you know use all these celebrities as an example but james smith's obviously an example like you kind of know that he skateboards you know his views on certain topics you know his views on vegans you know his views on all this sort of stuff you know what things he likes what he doesn't like his dogs his uh, cousin is it his cousin little baby cousin he's got nephew i don't know whatever it is and you know, like he's got these, I don't watch him as much anymore, obviously, but there's a reason that they post a lot of personal bits and a personal stuff and they give their opinions a lot. And it's the same thing with this. And I think, like I said, it's, there's a reason that clubs like that are going, oh, it's probably worth doing that because, yeah. and obviously it wouldn't work at South End because no one would watch it, right? It has to be at a certain level, but you know, um, <laughs> dare you. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's just, I think it, People can learn a lot from that sort of stuff. And, and, I, and I watched it and that's what I picked up because I, I was sat there going, oh, fucking hell, actually, yeah, football's all right, isn't it? Do you know? And I'm, up to this season, I've been really kind of like not bothered about football. Slowly been getting back into it and watching that really made me be like, actually, like, yeah, like, it's not it's not bad, you know? Uh, and it made me miss football a little bit. Like, that's how good it is. It made me miss it. it made me remember the good things. The good um, things about football. That, um, and then, that I miss out yeah. on, you know? 
and then then we can talk about the, the bad experiences and then oh, realize I don't miss the, the... Uh, yeah i don't miss the shit stuff like the reserve team <laughs> yeah. the reserve team game for whole city driving all the way to bradford on a fucking wednesday night before training on a tuesday on a thursday morning fucking miserable mate losing four nil and coming home oh my god oh mate i did uh i don't know cardiff away cardiff cardiff away development squad um i think we lost six nil um and that's an like overnight trip yeah no it wasn't i, I think that was a, a yeah go friday play saturday morning um that wasn't midweek fortunately enough. but i lost my oh, friday wow. night i had to fucking sit on the coach and then what's even worse as well because i sat in uh two departments snc and performance analysis um uh the development squad coach who got fired about four weeks further into the season this is probably one of the reasons why because i kept on fucking complaining about prick um he asked me whether i could do all the uh the analysis of the game uh on the coach on the way home so he'd have it like as soon as he got back to london i told him to get fucked i was like there's no chance that's happening they've just lost signal <laughs> i was like i don't want to watch this um yeah no what do chance. you think happened what do you think went wrong yeah so the worst experience i had was yeah i'll never forget um the worst play what's the worst ground you've ever been to worst ground i've ever been to worst experience i had was reserve team game at valley parade bradford my god that valley place parade. is miserable yeah, it's a, it's a shit in stadium isn't it but awful they, they, that's uh no awful awful stadium but it was like really like derelict part of bradford so again midweek game you sort of go in it was about i think it was a seven o'clock six seven o'clock kickoff um at valley parade and we had to get there for like four because we wanted to beat the traffic and all that sort of stuff so you get there about four just dead this just housing estate where valley parade is just dead the stadium's massive, but yeah, it's massive, no isn't it? Yeah, no the, one there, the no one, no one there. Picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, middle, middle of nowhere, like awful. Uh, and it's, it's not got the corners in it. It's one of those old stadiums with the four stands, so it was windy. Yeah. Um, and I think we lost like four two or something like that. And yeah, the journey back was ten p.m. back to Hull from Bradford across the M62. There was a traffic jam. We didn't get into like two a.m. Then I had first team training the next morning. <laughs> And I remember on the coach back, something happened at the club. Something bad had happened. Either someone got sacked or a player had some, something had happened. And everyone was like really nervous on the journey back. Like not sure who was going to be promoted or relegated in terms of staffing or whatever. It was management level. And um, most horrific week that was in terms of stuff. Uh, I'll never forget that Valley Parade. I'm literally going to Google it now. I remember it now. It's awful. Awful place. I don't know the worst grounds. Um, before oh, I'm looking at it, it's bringing up PTSD. Look at it. Before I, I realized this is horrible for the national. I don't think they play the national hockey there anymore. But before MK Dons moved into their stadium, they played at the National Hockey Center. That was fucking terrible because they didn't yeah. have the right equipment. Their changing rooms were terrible. It was made for hockey. Um, people, people were really surprised. Actually, Nathan, who I'm watching it with, um, he was really surprised about the away changing rooms like that you're the, that are shown on like they're like he's like they're playing fucking liverpool what are those changing yeah. rooms i'm like every away changing room is shit yeah like, every single purposely one every single one is awful that's point obviously that's, that's the point yeah <laughs> like you know they try and make them comfortable um yeah yeah it, i i've heard horror are. stories in in some away away changing rooms about like heating not being on and all yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. we experienced bits of it but nothing obviously at our level it, people don't give a shit but at the highest level um one of them was um Again, they make the heating really high, so they make it really, really uncomfortable for you. We've had, like, like you feel cold, tired, only, you know, you feel tired. Only cold showers. I remember that. And oh, we were yeah, like, standard that's, on it. that's okay. pretty standard. But yeah, yeah. but it was this one was like they made it really hot because you feel tired and lethargic. And it yeah, was like yeah. again, that's it was a big game, and it was. What was uh, yeah. I know that uh, there was a story that went round. I know whether we, when probably we were in football that they uh, somebody painted painted it completely pink. I put, yeah, a lot of them are grey for that reason. That it's just yeah, really yeah. dull. It's just like, like just really grey kind and of unstimulating. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you hear all sorts of stories like that, but I think um, yeah, for me it was uh, it, they were always always shit, weren't they? I'm just trying to think of the best stadium <laughs> I've ever been to. I'm trying to think of the best one I've been Root, to. Roots Hall, mate. Roots Hall. Roots Hall. No. Do you know Root's the best Hall one is, actually is actually one of the worst. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the best <laughs> ones I've probably been to and been out on the pitch and actually done something for the for the game. It was probably Upton Park. Upton Park. Upton Park was one was very impressive as a West stadium. Ham for people who don't know. Sorry, West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
Another one that I did like, I think I did, I think I did most of the stuff on the pitch that day was Doncaster's Stadium at the time was one of the first ones I went to. It wasn't too bad to keep mode. It was called at the time. Keep mode. Probably aren't called keep mode anymore. Um, they got a new one. They got a new I don't one. What's called? Is, is it, it still? Yeah. Is that the new one? Keep mode. Uh, it's now called the Eco Power Stadium. There you go. I've been. I don't remember it though. Well. Yeah, it's like fifteen thousand seat stadium. It's just like yeah, a yeah. modern, like fairly modernish one. Modern. Stadium. Um, but yeah, I, I used to love that. I used to love doing those. Match day was the day I missed. That's the day I missed. Match day, first team match day. It's the day you miss. But yeah. you still, and then you realize the. I'm sure Dan probably had the same job as me sometimes on like away days if you're training at some shit hotel. Um, is people don't realize how bad nutrition people are. I'm giving out nutrition advice to the fucking players and I'm sitting there going, you're allowed this bacon, you're allowed this bit, you're allowed this egg, you're allowed, you're not allowed these tomatoes, you're not allowed this. Did you have that? Uh, no, luckily we sort of sent off not. the menus ahead of time and it was all good. Uh, I didn't have to worry about that as so much. This this was for, for development. If you're with the develop, if you travel with the 18s or development squad, oh, you obviously use, use the, uh, <laughs> some of my job, um, interning. Whoop. Um, so we, we stayed in like shitty hotels, bunked up and then, yeah. um, yeah, it'll be, um, whatever is there for breakfast, like normal kind of breakfast. If I was there, absolutely loving it. But it was so, so hilarious because 18s and development squad coaches, like normal coaches don't take it too seriously sometimes in terms of what they are eating, fucking mm. piling on the shit, laughing at the youth team players where I'm going, oh, you should have these. You're not allowed this. Like, please have this. This will be good for the game, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then just like awful because they're obviously just ex like pro or like failed footballers or whatever. And they're just yeah. awful. And they're just like, <laughs> I'm loading up on all the fried eggs and fucking hash browns. And I'm like, what a great example we're setting for yeah, the fucking 17 year olds that I'm trying to educate. Wonderful. And I'm only fucking 22. So, or 21. Was I 20, 21 when I was in football? Um, yeah. Joke. Jokes. <laughs> but it's it's good. It's, it's, it's nice to see Arsenal have a good... I'd rather be at their training ground than Brentford's. So good that uh, Brentford no longer have an academy. So, uh, where I used to work doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's always so good. Always good. Um, but yeah, I would encourage people to go watch it just so, yeah, you get an inkling of just apply that kind of premise of how people you're seeing them, how they're being like uh, looked after and stuff like that. There's You don't see in the training, none of the physical stuff. It's We're not all watching it to go, <laughs> look at this awful S&C that's happening. Um, yeah, I actually think Arsenal, Arsenal are one of the pioneers of uh, doing post-game uh, gym sessions, which was interesting. Yeah, the, um, the thing is, that I can't talk about Arsenal's SNC and physio because I saw Theragun stuff all across their physio room, so I can't, I can't discuss anything. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm coming around to the Theragun. Look, right, with the Theragun, <laughs> like, I'm all, I, I don't care. Like again, so this is the thing about Theragun, right? With Arsenal, I know that for Arsenal players, it, the placebo effect of it, I'm like, all good, crack on with it, use it, whatever. As you know, mate, my biggest issue with it is this whole thing around the stuff that and the way they sell it. It annoys me. It just annoys me. Preactivate or shit and like, oh, you're gonna help prevent injury and all that. And it's like, fuck off. Like, just all right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> stupid workouts are coming back. <laughs> let's uh, just deep, dig workouts. dig yeah. a little bit um, into. Uh, I've just sent Dan. Let's so let's get his live reaction on oh, JLL Fitness. Um, it's a barbell circuit workout designed to get your heart pumping. What are you doing with the back? More no, calories. No, no, Using no, our no. powerful Olympic weights, no, <laughs> you can start your workout like today. I think I'm going to do. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a video on this because it is quite funny. That's a waste of time. The barbell wiper. <laughs> Wait, so I'm doing anything, mate. What is that squat and twist about? Oh god. Oh lunge and side bend. No. Lunge and side bend, the classic. Stop it, JLL. <laughs> he's even smiling halfway through. He can't even believe he's getting away with this shit. Clean and front squat. Well, it's not a clean and it's not a front squat because you're holding the bar. That's probably the only one that's semi-legit. 
poor. I feel, oh no, I was about to say I feel bad because JLL's only got, but then I got eleven thousand followers. Fuck them, they deserve it. I think they're an equipment oh. company, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should not be sharing fucking workout. <laughs> no, it is awful. So yeah, you've got like a squat, and then you just a barbell with a barbell barbell squat like back squat and it's just racked on your back and then you just decide to twist round um you know how i've done like med ball throws probably on instagram and people like that um yeah do those um the old classic hold the barbell like you do in a floor press but then just do is it windscreen wipers with your legs that's always good um then of course they've got the uh the reverse lunge into a, a little twist again loves a twist um, you see that the fitness industry is really developed, isn't it? <laughs> Love a twist. Um, yeah, which is interesting. And then which uh, you tagged me in one. Where, uh, describe that for me, Daniel. So I tagged Tom in one because uh, I saw a video of a gentleman using a BOSU ball on a leg press. So he was on a seated leg press and he put the BOSU ball with the rubber bit on the base and then put his feet on the flat bit. So... I don't know which around a baseball is supposed to be, but like either, either it doesn't matter. It's both. It's functional. Either way, yeah. Either oh, fucking hell. So obviously his feet are flat on the floor bit of the bosu ball, and he's like wobbling around. He's doing leg press. So you've taken a movement that is very, very stable and made it unstable for absolutely no fucking reason. Um, I just couldn't believe that I'd seen it. Um, and he's only got about hundred followers, the poor guy. But I think he got shared onto my story, and I couldn't help but tag Tom in it. Um, it's probably gone viral by now, knowing it, because Tom's been tagged in it. So Tom's account <laughs> sends shit viral, doesn't it? But um, yeah, not a good look. It has to be said. Not a good look. Not no, it wasn't fun. I, I don't. I. I. I don't know. Uh, I. I can't find it. I did comment on it and said, uh, obviously, he, he wasn't wearing his ski boots, so it. It. And he said it was good for skiing, right? He was doing. I do a lot of skiing, therefore I need to do Bosu ball on the leg press. Uh, leg presses. That was the rationale. <laughs> Shall we do? We won't waste our time doing actual in-depth uh, analysis of skiing. Um, skiing workouts tend to be bonkers, though, don't they? They do like like throwing around the unstable surface, yeah. even though I'm looking at the lad and going, obviously, I don't know whether he can lift very much, but he, and he's like, what's wrong? My client's all. And literally underneath, like in one of the comments, he said, I make all my clients do uh, boastable squats. And I was like, yeah. brilliant. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tells you Dick. everything you need to know, mate. Dick. All good. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, the cold, the whole comedy stuff. So I forgot. I wrote a piece for Huel um, a while ago. Oh yeah. Huel, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knew? I actually, uh, I still, I still, I don't write. I uh, dictate. <laughs> um, I still dictate for, unfortunately, uh, some of the people I go after quite often is men's health. I still do stuff for them. But then the other lads, the lads who's the editor um, also does freelance work for like, I don't know, random companies. I remember the one, one I had to do um, was quite interesting, Dan. Um, I had to do a piece on, um, uh, the best workout to do if you're hungover. <laughs> oh, yeah. I literally, I, 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 uh, I, my voice note back was like, none. I was like, don't work out. Who? I was like, who wants this? I couldn't. Re- I can't remember the magazine or the uh, the, the website or whatever um, <sighs> that was wanting. I was like, who the fuck? wants this advice i was like number one don't work out um and then there was a bunch of questions that i had to answer and it was like should you do a hit class and i was like no obviously not like fuck me i bang in headache i was like get some electrolytes in here that'd be the only good thing possibly um bang a load of lucasade probably dehydrated but the the huel thing it was quite funny um there was quite a few people that were actually like it was it was okay, but I had to answer back to some of the comments because uh yeah, it was it oh, was fairly interesting. Imagine. Um uh, I love the ones that just talk about random shit. Uh jujitsu, blah 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 blah. I love this one. Um <laughs> sing this there, Adam. I love that Huel uh, did the whole face to this guy going really you prick um was quite fun um 
he did a single arm so what basically the 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 content i had was it was like five or seven exercises i could only if i had to pick only like five to seven exercises for the rest of my life and i'm not allowed to do any others which ones would i pick okay and um and i picked like single arm press trap bar deadlift um like single arm dumbbell press and then some farmers carries a pull up and split squats riff elevator split squats so i've only i've only got five okay so i'm trying to cover all bases if i'm really honest that's what i'm trying mm. to do i was like yes there are probably better exercises but i don't think there are those are the five that i pick um and here is like single arm press is only harder because it requires more core stabilization correct um it'd be better to do one core focused exercise and one dedicated pressing exercise and i literally was like adam i only had seven exercises to pick from <laughs> if i do them i've lost two slots <laughs> i was just like i was like what does he did he not get that he obviously didn't get the memo i was like no. i'm not gonna waste if i can pick one exercise that does two things pretty yeah. well why You're the fuck go. would i pick two i've lost yeah. the slot i was like you'd be terrible at like picking lottery numbers not having you surely having all the numbers would be better Thank you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you prick. Uh, <laughs> and then i like this one um i don't know bruh brilliant um uh, bruh spelled b-u and don't know spelled d-u-n-n-o and bruh b-r-u-h i don't know bruh <laughs> most effective at what exactly whenever somebody tells you that xyz exercise trains both stability and power it's usually not sufficient stimulus for either in any meaningful way didn't really know what it meant um (laughs) (laughs) i was just like dude all these exercises can be manipulated for either stability or power um it didn't say rep ranges intensity or load on there it literally just said pick an exercise um yeah so i was like brilliant (laughs) i just love how people just really get in on you mate i'm i i I, what you don't know these are all accounts i've made up and yeah I just quite like them because, uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting into. I used to be a little bit more angry when I was a child, uh, posting on social media, and now I, uh, I like jabbing back slightly. But yeah. Dan did give me a piece of advice because obviously, uh, the one I did went in on Red, Robert Lewandowski. Um, it's still getting pushed. I've no idea why. No, um, it was so funny, and I still get fucking grief off that. But yeah, Dan was like, portray how you think you want other people to be portrayed. Don't if you want to be a dick and that's how you want people to think you're a dick, then do that or offer some advice and some a little psyche comment. So I went for that instead. Uh, it's usually uh it's probably what I do in real life. Um I'd be like, Yeah, really wonderful, blah 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 blah, but you're still a cunt. Um but yeah, yeah. all good. <laughs> but yeah, that's I think that's enough of internet for the day. Um or also just one um we'll we'll leave it on as we're pushing 40 minutes. Um I guess it's just another, I, I feel like we're circling back. Uh, it's only because um, I had to teach, and this is no fault to what was happening on my assessment day, um, because they're just um, not copying, I guess copying certain influencers and certain people. And Dan, a thousand percent agrees with me because we covered it probably about two, three months ago when unfortunately that name's going to come up again. Diren um, talked about uh, fucking booty bands and glute bands and stuff like that. And unfortunately, it wasn't used to its best uh, way on the weekend for some glute-based exercise. And uh, I, I've pointed them in the right direction to go look at this stuff. And it, mm. it cropped up on my feed again. And it's just like, okay, cool. Why do we keep just putting glute bands on to force external rotation um, when literally you're leaving out like two thirds of your glute um, that will be firing up if you didn't really have that band on? And it's if easy, you Tom. actually, and if, if you did, went into kind of like, so I've actually been teaching people like, uh, if you like, if you slightly invert your foot and you go into internal rotation and then push out and you don't actually need the band. Because then you stretch your glute a lot nicer mm, instead yeah, of going in what people think to put a band on top. you have to externally so. rotate through the foot and the leg to get there. And I'm like, no, that's not what happens. I was no, like, there's magic like, in the band, you, mate. You nah, short magic. the fucking lever. I don't understand. Nah, magic um, in the band. So it's got to be a band. You got a band. You got to put, put a band on it. <laughs> you put the put, put put a band on it that doesn't do it. I don't understand what it does. 
Um, and the the argument is EMG, right? Is that always the argument? Nah, Darren does it. That's the argument. So probably probably best to do that. You know, just just do it, mate. It's just it's like one of those unwritten rules now, isn't it? I think it's just an unwritten rule, like just just to do it. Just do it. Just just do it. Just just do it. You know, that's that's the that's like Nike, isn't it? Just do it. That's what they're saying. It's just um, like yeah, you're right. Just, it's confusing, like EMG activation, and like the thing that annoys me with it. The thing that annoys me with it is it probably come about, like I said, with bands and stuff. It came about probably because of um, rehab data. Number one, probably it was used in rehab to some degree because again, lighter loads and and, and isolation movements, things. Right, that's where it might be used. And then someone like Brett Contreras probably used it alongside a hip thrust just to really maximize everything possible. You know, why not? If you're already hip thrusting 160 kilos, add a band on just to make sure you really got all your bases covered or whatever. Do you know, he he maybe did that right. But there's this often this this lost bit in the middle where it's like actually you just need stronger glutes, just stronger glute, just just train hard and train well, stronger glutes. It's also glutes. like, but people people pick the easy thing. It's easy. So all the all the hit classes jump on it, and all these things jump on it, and then the girls who don't want to do weights then jump on it and they do it, and then all of a sudden it just becomes gospel. It just becomes gospel, like carbs make you fat. It's like just like that's, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> it it happened in uh, that what bike uh, education I did. I I did have to giggle, and one of my other like uh, trainers who knows my opinion on it. Um, uh, there was a poor girl. She actually said, "Oh yeah, I do. I I do have like sleepy glutes," and I was like, "Brilliant." Oh, uh, yeah, my glutes don't fire properly, and I'm like, oh, brilliant. So, yeah, is it good to like warm up before I get on the bike? Maybe with like mini bands and stuff like that. And then Joe's just looking at me. I'm like, oh my god, why am I in this? Uh, like, do yeah. I lay in? Do I go? Do I do this? 100. Like, I, I I'm at that point now. I think I'm of an age now where I would have I would have just said. So, excuse me. What what how do you wake your glutes up? Yeah, yeah. You know, you just like. Bit. Yeah, just yeah, just train them a bit. Oh, okay, right, brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's this whole I, I've talked about this before about activating glutes and, and stuff like that. Things like gluteal firing. amnesia that just they yeah, just this forget isn't, what this, they do. Right? This isn't firing. What do you mean it's not firing? <laughs> like, my metabolism's not working. No, like that one. My metabolism's sluggish. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not slow, slow, slow metabolism. You don't move. Um, and it's the same <laughs> with glutes. You know, are they? They're just they're lazy glutes. No, you're lazy. You don't train. That's why they're not strong. Um, Oh, I just, I think we're just too old for the fitness industry now, if I'm honest. Maybe. Because it just turns into a grumpy, grumpy rants, doesn't it, really, at the end of the day now? It's just the difference between, like, activation and stimulation. Like, there are different things, and just realizing that. Um, but the hip thrust as well is also a very short movement. It is a shortened range mm. of your what your hip does. So putting a band around it is like... And do you know what? The other thing... About hip thrust as well, just on this, for all you coaches that use hip thrust a lot for training glutes, right? I want to put it out there that Brett Contreras gets the results he gets because he does all the other exercises combined with oh, hip thrusts. Yeah, he does like basically what things. yeah, and what people need to know about hip thrusts is it's the one of the only exercises that enables you to fully maximally load the glutes in a shortened range, like at the very shortest possible range. Because most of the time when they're fully loaded, they're at a fully stretched position. So think back squats, think step-ups, think split squats, right? Brett Contreras would never, ever, ever program hip thrusts, right? Without doing unilateral split squats, without doing back squats, without doing all the other shit as well, where the, the glutes are taken through a full range. So just remember that with the hip thrust, you're training the glutes to be fully contracted, fully squeezed, shortened, right? Because that's as far as they can go, the hips possibly in that position. They can't go any further, right? You can't go through that point with the maximum amount of load possible. You also have to do the same thing the other way so that they're fully yeah. stretched, right? And a hip thrust at the bottom does not get you into full hip. Uh, I'm really shit at this. No chance. Flexion. Yeah. Flexion. Doesn't, doesn't get you into <laughs> full hip flexion, right? Only thing, and again, I've, I've started putting in more of my client stuff now, like really high step ups and like front for elevated split squats to get you yeah. into a fully, uh -huh. fully stretched position where it's fully loaded as well. Um, just on that as a side note, but yeah. That's the sort of thing to be thinking about, not like oh, same, just to hip uh, thrust all the time. In, in case people are like, oh, I don't really understand. Probably on the last like four or five weeks. So the guys on the combine had that shallow step up I gave them because it is where peak force happens from your glute and your quad driving down into the floor. And it's a shallow step up. If I were to take that to a really high step, is it harder? Yes. Can you lift much load? No. Okay. Exactly the same premise as a fucking 
like hit thrust there. It's the same premise. Where with the hit thrust, you realize the down put story up there. I mean, your client, I'm sure, is incredibly strong, but she can do 160 kilos because it's short range, like uh, hip thrust, right? It's a short mm-hmm. plane range movement. Like yeah. I, I think you should be able to, so the, I think the scale I realize he's, he's sometimes bonkers, but some of his testing is good. Um, Dr. John Ruchin, um, slightly bonkers, not as bonkers as Seedman, but still bonkers. Um, yeah. Paul <laughs> does mate. too many, makes too many noises, doesn't he? Shh. but i think he he says you should be you should you should lift is uh it's it's something like whatever your one rm deadlift you should be able to lift just slightly more on that on your hip thrust for almost like three to five whatever that is it's pretty much and i would i go to say yeah cool right now my probably my one rm deadlift is like 220 225 i I can shift 250 no no problem absolutely fine Mm -hmm. on a hip thrust and i would expect that to happen because it's a short range i wonder what the squat to hip thrust would be i'm just thinking what for example phoebe's squat i think she squats i'm just like no i don't know wonder what that would be whether it'd be half whether it'd be like half of a hip thrust would that be about maybe somewhere somewhere about that yeah i'd say between 50 to 75 percent i'd imagine yeah but yeah, no, it's just it's just interesting because obviously like, I just um, the reason we talk about that is because obviously bands and hip thrusts get fucking thrown in the same thing. But again, like <laughs> Brett Contreras started doing that because he realized that there was nothing he was doing that was really fully he was selling bands. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of um, <laughs> started doing it and then realized that was the missing piece because he's now training the glute in in the hip in all this range of motion. Right. Yeah. That was the the thing behind it. So yeah, anyway, there you go, you learn something every day. Every day is a school day. So <laughs> All right, uh, we'll give back to a close because Dan's got to go to bed because it's late. Because he was late. He was late. It's not me. Uh, yeah, I've, I've still got to walk the I fucking dogs before bed. I've got to walk the dogs as well. So I'm um, going to be a late one for me. It's only 10 to 7 here, so I'm going to have dinner. Um, mm, any other business, Daniel? Not for me. Not for me. Um, for me, early birds of the combine opened. Ooh, so combine. Uh, DM me if you want to get in. Uh, or you can just, just sign up. Easy, isn't it? Um, yeah, so early bird, obviously, for the uh, until can't remember the date I set until I tell you it's not on. Early bird is on, okay, wonderful. Um, and everybody on my email list has already got that, so all good. And I put it on. There will be, um, I'm assuming I might do the same thing if you're listening to this show all the way to the end. Well done, you've already got here. Um, I'll, I'll do it again. There's going to be three free spaces again, depending on whether you want to do strength or just whatever. For, oh, I'm going to get one of them, definitely. Um, Dan's got a coach. He's not allowed to. Um, so, well, Sook, okay. Sook didn't actually get one last time and he hasn't fucking done anything. Actually, he, I actually saw it. He logged in uh, about the other day. I was like, oh, Sook's oh, on. There we go. I did. Yeah. Run, I was on a message and be like, oh, look at that. I decided to do a workout every six weeks. Good. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, so if you want to get involved, yeah, if you listen to the podcast, then uh, just hit me up. Cool. Um, and I will give you a slot because more the merrier why not um cool wonderful daniel sweet apart from that i'm all good all right thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next week